Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, I'm excited. We're beginning a brand new sermon series called Hope is Here. And as we begin this brand new series, I'd like to argue that one of the greatest needs we have in our lives is that our nation is in a, in a sense that it's in need of great hope. Our world has been unsettling, to say the least. There's a constant division of groups. There's hatred. There's confusion. There's rules for thee, but not for me. There's this thing called council culture. What's going on? This year has caused some folks to doubt their faith like they've never doubted before. And some are just so fatigued. They're just exhausted. And they're weary of it all. They don't even want to watch TV and the news anymore. They don't even want to get on the social media, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram because they're sick of it all. And they're just weary. Anybody? As we get started, I'm reminded of a story about a a grandfather attending uh, his grandson's Little League baseball game. And the game's going, it's the top of the first inning. And before you know it, it's one to zero, five to zero, nine to zero, 16 0 first inning. Finally, get three outs and they switch. It's the bottom of the first inning. So grandpa runs over to the dugout, gets his little guy to come over. He wants to check on him, make sure it's okay. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Are you, are you doing okay? And his little guy looked at him like, Papa, we haven't even got our ups yet. Why would I be upset? See, now that's one of the ways, I mean, seriously, out of the mouth of babes, right? There's always hope. So that's one of the ways when challenges come our way that we can face life. You know, the church has faced, the body of Christ has faced, so many 16 and 0 top of the inning times. Yet the church throughout history has had the audacity to have hope in the face of those troubled times. And that audacity stems from a reality, from an actual event that took place that said Jesus rose with resurrection power from the dead. So you can put us up on crosses and you can throw us into the lion's den in the Colosseum. So you can burn us at the stake. You can shut us off and, and, and censor us on social media. You can burn the churches. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When things looked the darkest for Jesus, as he hung on the cross, Jesus ultimately knew that the crucifixion was not the end. The story was just getting warmed up. 
Jesus was just waiting for his opportunity to get to bat. The tomb would not be the end. And Jesus would defeat both sin and death. And come back to life. With this as the backdrop for the church. There is now always reason for true living hope. In the gospel, gospels, Jesus was always offering hope to those around him. Whether it was a crippling disease, an oppressive government. That sound familiar? A physical or spiritual hunger or an evil attack. Jesus would meet people right where they were at, at their need. The characters in the scriptures, they knew that if Jesus was there, then hope was there as well. Father, we come to you with these unprecedented times that we live in, recognizing that our ancestors of the faith, they also faced unprecedented times. And they found a way to have hope. So Lord, help us to have not a false hope, not a no hope, but a true living hope in the King of kings, the Lord of lords. God, give us ears to hear today. Give us a heart that would be synchronized with your heart. We would feel and know your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at a couple words that are very, very familiar. Sometimes um, we intertwine them together and we really shouldn't. The word is faith and the other word is hope. Very similar words. Closely linked together, but they're not the same. Faith has a work to perform. Hope cheers faith along and then points to the rewards. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Now, hope, hope comes, check this out, hope comes by experience. Did you know that? Did you know that your hope comes from an experience? Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. It says, we can rejoice. Remember, Paul wrote the book of Romans. We can rejoice too when we, when we run into problems. Now, wait a minute. Let's just stop right there. We can rejoice? Do you not catch something? How do you rejoice if you don't have hope in something? When we run into problems and trials, don't you understand he's pointing to an experience? Not a happy experience. Sometimes a difficult experience. But we can hope because of that experience is going to produce something. Let's continue on. And endurance develops strength and character. And character strength are confident, say it with me, hope of salvation. Wow. The Word of God says so much about faith. It says so much about hope. But never does the Bible use the term hope or imply the word hope means 
wishful thinking, uncertainty, or doubt. But to be honest, for many people, their hope is struggling right now. They are, they are uncertain. They are doubting. And it's not hope, it's more of a wishful thinking. Well, I sure hope, I mean wish, God would do something. The reality of our current times that we live in could be described as a time of chaos and confusion. A time of polarizing division. People are struggling with who they can trust to be honest with them. Whether it's the news, the politicians, the medical experts, the internet, the schools. Is it any wonder why so many people are just exhausted? They're just overwhelmed. They're tired and they're weary in their soul. People need hope. No matter who you are, no matter your age, your race, your gender, your politics, right now, people need hope. But not just any kind of hope. So today I want us to examine and look at three different types of hope the Bible speaks about. And the first one is no hope. No hope. So let's look at, at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. So here's Paul. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles. So he's talking to an audience that are non-Jews. They're Gentiles. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You weren't the chosen people. You were called uncircumcised heathens. By the Jews, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. Did you catch that? In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. I mean, if it wasn't for Jesus, do you understand? We wouldn't get heaven. This would all be for naught. But you and I are children of the family of God. I'm just as much Jewish as they were. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. There's no barbarian, nor Scythian, no male, no female. Guess what? I'm a part of the family. And so are you. We're all adopted. And I get that part. Matthew. Excuse, no, no, wait a second here. I want us to look at this text. Clearly this text describes that the Gentile had no hope of heaven. Have you ever seen somebody who doesn't have a hope? It's devastating. It's devastating. 
they could actually will themselves to die. That's the power of hope. Hope's essential. It's indispensable to the human soul. It's like, it's like air to the body. Not a big deal till you don't get it. Life without hope becomes insufferable. It's an unsufferable misery. A life without hope becomes a burden too heavy to carry. God knows the necessity of hope for your human soul and for me. What a terrible thing for young people and old alike to be without hope. Why do you think the suicide rate is where it's at? But the good news is that when a person is in such a dark place, without hope, all they need is a little light at the end of the tunnel. Just a little speck. Hope. Hope can literally change the trajectory of a person's life from where they're at. I need a life that has meaning, has significance, has a purpose that is bigger than my own desires and my own dreams, and so do you. True living hope is always bigger than you. If you're living life for just you, then you have, number two, a false hope. A false hope. Sadly, those who have false hope are really actually more numerous and worse off than those who have no hope. And in many ways, those who have false hope, they have blind spots. They have no idea they're actually there in their life. Their arrogance causes them to not see their foolish ways. So let's look at Matthew 7, 21, 23. Not everyone who says to me, this is one of the most scariest verses. If you're a pastor or a minister or a leader, this should scare you. If it doesn't, I'm scared for you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy? In your name and in your name, drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. When we look at this text, we, we can see that it's not just talking about those who are not of the faith. It's literally talking about those in the church and specifically the leaders in the church. Why? Because they had a false hope. They had blind spots in their arrogance. But it can be devastating to those who are around them. See, just because I go to church and do the activities of a believer does not mean I'm a true follower of Christ. When I go to McDonald's, just because I go to McDonald's, it does make me a Big Mac. If I go to Pizza Hut, it doesn't make me a pizza. 
If I go to church, it doesn't make you a Christian. False hope is far worse than no hope. You want to know why? Because if I have a false hope, I have to what? I have to acknowledge and admit that I am vain and I am wrong and God forgive me. I'm not going to confess that. I'm too arrogant. When I have no hope and you just give me a little bit of light, you show me just a little bit of love and kindness, all of a sudden I'm running to the light. But when I have false hope, Ain't I looking good? I'm self-sufficient. I'm the new trinity, me, myself, and I. But that's like building on sand, isn't it? Matthew 7, 24, 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, who's speaking, Jesus. And puts them into practice. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the... Wow. Yes. But everyone who hears these words of mine, it does not put them into practice. It's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose... And the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See the difference? One was arrogant, and the other one was submissive and humble before the Lord. That's a wise person. Those who have false hope, they always build on sand. Back in the 1500s, his name was Ivan. He was Ivan IV. He was a czar there for Russia. He ruled a large, diverse nation, but he was not a good ruler. He wasn't even a very nice man. In fact, he was a very cruel man. He was so cruel, they gave him a name. They referred to him as Ivan the Terrible. And he was widely known to be incredibly immoral and incredibly violent. He had seven wives and he was abusive and reckless towards them. All seven of them. He would get on top of the wall of the palace and take animals and just throw them off so he could see them splat at the bottom. They called him Ivan the Terrible for a reason. When he died in 1584, historians tell us that those who prepared his body, they were, they were instructed by his wishes to shave his head and grab the clothing of a monk and put monk garment upon him. And people go, what? It was Ivan's desire that he could get into heaven by pretending to be a monk. That if he looked good enough to be a Christian, God would let him in. Can we say foolish? I wonder if that same foolishness doesn't live in our world today. 
for the alcoholic and drug addict who thinks they can quit at any time. But right now, I just need a little buzz to cut the edge off and I'll be happy. That's a false, false hope. Or the workaholic who thinks that working ridiculous hours to obtain success and wealth and prestige, that they'll be happy and not suffer any serious consequences from those decisions. That's a false hope. From the gamer who thinks that obtaining the high score or mastering the highest level at the expense of neglecting their responsibilities, their family, and their friends, that they can be the best and they'll be happy. Again, that's a false hope. Or the church member who thinks that baptism, membership, or doing deeds for the church, all this is necessary to avoid going to hell and being able to go to heaven and that they'll be happy. It's a false hope. Well, the list of false hope continues to go on and on and on. Just like Ivan. Have you given all of your heart to Jesus? Or are you just trying to throw on the garments to look the part? Let's go to number three, the, the living true hope. You see, church, true living hope can only be found in God. It's based on Him and Him alone. Not of works lest any man should boast. Amen? In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, 19. So God has given both His promise and His oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. I don't know about you, but I could just stop right there. How, how incredible is that? We just found out something God cannot do. God can't lie. Yes. That's important. Therefore, we who fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. Not just a little confidence, great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain. What's he talking about? Leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. You guys remember this, right? They would have the outer court, right, where they would sacrifice the lamb, collect the, the blood. They would go to the laver, right? There they would wash up the high priest, enter into the holy place. There there would be the, the showbread, the menorah, and all that fun stuff. And then there was this curtain, super thick. And then they would go through that into the holies of holies. And what's it say here? Remember, only the high priest got to do that. Who through faith are shielded by, excuse me, the, this hope is as strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain, the veil, into God's inner sanctuary. You know what he's saying? You get to go into his presence. 
Not just the high priest. That stuff is over. Let's look a couple more verses. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a, say it with me. There it is. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power into the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. True living hope can only be found in God. Here we go again. Uh, Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of... Whoa, 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 whoa. The source of what? You mean I can't get hope from doing something? From being a workaholic or using an addictive chemical? I can't find hope in, in, in a relationship in somebody? You, you mean it's only in Him? Yeah. You know what's great about that? It's not confusing. It's just Him. And that's where you get to find it. It's not in a million other ways. It's in Him. Wow. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. Wow, we need some of that. And peace. Because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. Whoa. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. What's the key there? That you trust in Him. Don't let the circumstances, don't let the false prophets on the news affect you. Trust Him. Trust Him. In spite of it all. So are you weary today? Are you burdened by the heaviness of life? Come to Jesus and find rest. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So here's my question. What kind of hope do you have? No hope? False hope? True living hope. Jesus is here. And where Jesus is, there is hope. Will you bow your heads? Father, there's so much going on in so many people's lives. There's so much going on in our state and in our nation. It's just so easy for us to get a little distracted, to struggle. But Lord, when I hear stories about all the medical issues Sharon's been facing, Sharon Souza, and yet when she's around the medical professionals, she just oozes Jesus and hope and joy. God, 
That's Christian. That's a child of the King. God, help us to stand strong in our hope in you. No matter what we're facing, that you will be the lifter of our head. Nobody's saying it's not heavy. Nobody's saying that it's not difficult. But what we are saying is we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because no weapon formed against us shall prosper because in the end, even if this body decays and dies, I get a glorified body in heaven that will live forever and ever and ever in the presence of the King and all my family and friends. Do to me what you want. I don't care if it's 16 and 0. The inning's not over. We get to bat. And I'm putting my designated batter up, Jesus. And his blood, his power, rules and reigns. Oh God, touch your people. Pour out your spirit on them. Encourage them with hope. A confidence that God is doing something even when we cannot see it. We do not wish. We hope. Oh God, we thank you. Because the hard work's been done. You died. You rose from the dead. You died. And you rose from the dead. You died. And you rose from the dead. And you said, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. You said, let not your heart be troubled. You trust in God and trust also in me. The one who died. And rose from the dead. The one who died. And rose from the dead. God. We trust in you. We trust in you. We trust in you. Bless you Jesus. Father I pray blessing on your people. That we would ignite our faith. Oh, that we would hope with great confidence of the one who died and rose from the dead. Your will, your way, your time. In Jesus' holy name. We say with me, church. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.